Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, and this is Tova, and I'm so glad you joined me today for a talk that I'm going to give about forgiveness. This is the second part of a two-part series that began last week where I spoke about how to make an apology, sin, guilt, regrets, and apologies. Really, I talked about repentance, and in that talk, I spoke about the five A's of making an apology taken from the Institute of Christian Conciliation, and if you didn't hear that show or you'd like the handout on that show or the five A's of how to make an apology, you can find those on our website at wellspringmiami.org, wellspringmiami.org. You can find those handouts and that radio show for the first part of this series on repentance. But I'm hoping that some of you listeners out there actually did think about repentance and are now figuring out, but what do I do when I'm on the other side? What do I do when somebody repents to me and I need to forgive them? Or harder yet, when they don't repent to me and I still need to figure out how to forgive them, or if I even need to. So this talk today will have three parts. First, why forgive? Second, what forgiveness is and is not? And third, how to forgive? So let's start with part one. Why should you forgive? Well, the simple answer to that is because Jesus said so. That's just all there is to it. Listen to what Jesus had to say in Matthew six twelve to 15. He says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. He's asking God there. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Ouch, that's a pretty tough statement. I guess we have to forgive because I know I want to be forgiven. How about this one? Luke 17, 3 to 4. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. These are pretty strict teachings from God and from Jesus that tell us that we need to be forgiving each other. Jesus even gives us a parable about an unmerciful servant. It says that the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servants fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? 
In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Again, that's Jesus speaking to us. So the question is, why forgive? The answer is because God told us to. And the reason he told us to is because he has given us forgiven. And listeners, this is the first thing I want to say to you. If you're having trouble with forgiving people in your life, the first place to start is in tuning in, recognizing how much God has forgiven you. The more time you spend in the word of God, the more clear it will become to you that you, compared to God, are very unholy. You have sinned a lot. God has forgiven you 70 times 7. He's forgiven you again, and yet he still loves you. And the more time you spend in the word, the more you'll know how holy he is and how sinful you are. But the other thing you'll know is how much he loves you, how you got chosen anyway, forgiven anyway, loved anyway. You got to get out of jail free card. And the more we know that we got to get out of jail free card, the easier it is to give those cards away to those people in our lives. I got so much forgiveness. I'm so happy. I don't have to pay back my debt. I can give that to somebody else. Forgiveness gets easier when you know how much you've been forgiven. Another reason why forgiveness is essential to us and God tells us to forgive is because he's better at judging than we are. He knows the hearts of people. He is the God, remember, who knows hearts and minds because hearts and minds matter. And God knows people's hearts. He knows their minds. He knows if they were intentional when they sinned against us or if they were just lost or selfish or didn't know what else to do or didn't know any better. He knows when people have given their hearts over to evil and really need judgment And he knows when people are just struggling to get by in life and they just need a little bit of mercy and he can handle that. We cannot judge accurately and that's why we need to not be judge of others. Also, God asks us to forgive because he knows it sets us free. When we are bound in bitterness, we are tied to that place in time where that happened. It's like a chain to you if you have not forgiven. You are bound to that. You are focusing energy on how do I make that person know the truth? How do I make them acknowledge? How do I make them pay? How do I make it even? And the truth is you don't have any control over making them repent, making them see, making them learn their lessons. You do not have that power. And so you'll be frustrated, irritated. It'll never be enough. You can't judge it accurately and you can't make them see or make them pay. But God can. God can make them see. God can make them pay. It belongs in his realm, not yours. And you will be eaten up inside out, trying to make something even, trying to change another person. And you don't have control of that. So God tells us to forgive because he knows that he set us free. And he wants to set us free from bitterness, from focus on revenge and energy on making other people pay or see or learn or get even. That's bad for us. And God loves us. He wants us to be free, happy to receive his forgiveness, happy to give it to others and happy to let God be God. All right. That's part one. Why should we forgive? Let's go to part two. What forgiveness is and what it is not. Forgiveness is not pretending that something did not matter or did not hurt. It is not a good feeling toward the person despite what they've done. It is not forgetting 
what was done. This one drives me crazy. People tell you, forgive and forget. It's just, it's baloney. You cannot choose to forget something. Like you can't take a part of your mind and throw it away. You remember. But you can forgive. That's different than forgetting. Forgiveness is not excusing what was done. Sometimes we withhold forgiveness because we feel like it gives less people off the hook. Like it says it didn't matter. It did matter. It mattered to you. It mattered to someone. Maybe there really was an injustice. Maybe there was evil. It does matter. And it isn't excusable. But that's not what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is also not, and get ready for this one, restoring the relationship with someone who is not repentant. Jesus tells us to forgive seven times seven if the person comes and repents. He does not say that we have to restore relationship with someone who's not repentant. So what does it mean to forgive? What it means is that you let go of your right to revenge. Now, I want to sidetrack here for just a second to talk about the right to revenge. I believe you actually have a right to revenge. I believe we are made in the image of God, and God is a just God. So when we sin against God, he is up in heaven, and he's saying the scales are tipped, you have tipped them, and justice must be served. It's just not okay that you did this or that. It's not okay. But God takes care of it not being okay because he takes the punishment. Scripture tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Someone always pays. God does not say, oh, I don't care if you sin when he forgives us. He says, I care. It mattered. You were wrong. And something has to be done about it. Something has to make the scales of justice straight. And then he says, I love you enough. I will pay the price. But someone always pays. Jesus pays or you pay. Someone always pays. And so that peace in us, when people sin against us, when people do what they should not do, and we in our heart of hearts know that's wrong, that's evil, that shouldn't have happened, it's not right, that longing for justice is us being like God. We do long for justice. There is right and wrong in the world. And it's not okay when people do the wrong thing. However, however, the question is, who should make them pay? And the reason we shouldn't be the ones to make them pay is because we're bad judges. We're bad at revenge. We don't have the power and the control to do it. And it's God's job. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. It's God's job. Our problem with forgiveness, our problem with bitterness is we're choosing to be God. We want to be the ones who are judge, jury, and executioner. And God says, it's not your job, it's mine, and I'm better at it. So there is an accurate, legitimate longing for justice. And then our job is to go to God and to say, bring justice because you're good at it. And we let go of our right to revenge. That is the definition of forgiveness. Letting go of your right to revenge and letting God take vengeance on our behalf, judge on our behalf, set things straight on our behalf. That's his job and he's better at it. So forgiveness is choosing to let God be the judge of somebody else's sin instead of you being the judge of them. It's choosing to let him fix it, him change them and him make it right. So it's an internal state of acceptance that someone else has offended you and that God allowed it to happen. 
To some degree, forgiveness in your heart is you going to God and accepting that he let this bad thing happen in your life. God allowed it and God can fix it. So your forgiveness is, okay, I go to God. I accept that this happened. It's not right. It needs balance. It needs justice. But God will fix it. God allowed it. And I'm going to let God be God. And I'm not going to try to be God about it anymore. So does that mean you enjoy this person, that you love this person, that you're happy that it happened, that you excuse it or pretend it didn't happen? doesn't mean any of those things. It means something bad really did happen. Justice needs to be served. God saw it. God allowed it. And God will fix it. And the question for you is, will you let God be God? All right, that's part one. Going to take a quick break. Don't change your dial. I'll be right back. Do you want to get social with Wellspring Counseling? Follow them on Facebook at Wellspring Counseling or Twitter at Wellspring Miami. And their Instagram is Wellspring Counseling. And subscribe to their e-news at wellspringmiami.org to receive the latest news about their programs and events. Welcome back. If you're just joining us today on our show we are talking about forgiveness. It's part two of a series on repentance and forgiveness. If you're missing part one or the first half of this program, you can go to our website at wellspringmiami.org and you can download and listen to these talks as well as a handout that goes with it. All right. So far today, we've been talking about what forgiveness is and why we need to do it. We need to forgive because God told us to and because it's good for us and sets us free and we're lousy at being the judge. What forgiveness is, it's letting go of your right to revenge and letting God take control of getting justice and making things right again. So now we're moving on to how to forgive. Ah, that gets a little harder, doesn't it? All right. So point one is acknowledge that you are hurt or angry or disappointed and that there's been an offense against you. The first step in forgiveness is acknowledging that there was an offense. Many of us struggle to forgive because we're stuck in anger and we're stuck in anger because we're hurt underneath. We're hurt. And so until you acknowledge that you actually are hurt, that someone has offended you, you can't grieve it. And until you grieve it, you can't let go and forgive. You have to first say, wow, that hurt. That was not fair. That really disappointed me. You have to let yourself be sad over what happened before you can let the other person be set free from your right to revenge. We're stuck in anger because we're wanting someone to acknowledge that it was bad. And you can do that even if the other person doesn't. You can acknowledge it to yourself. You can acknowledge it to a therapist. You can acknowledge it to a friend. You can write it in a journal. You can pray it out to God. But you need to acknowledge for yourself, this is real. This is valid. This happened. And after you've done that and grieved your loss, your hurt, your disappointment, then you can figure out what to do about the other person. So step one is to acknowledge that you are hurt. Step two, scripture tells us that if you can overlook a sin, you should. Scripture says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Okay, so here's the key. If the thing the person did to you, you can just let it go and just say, you know, that person cut me off on the road. I'm sure I've done it to other people sometimes too. And you don't think about it again. Or they they didn't invite you to a party and you're like, you know what? 
I've been there before. They forget to send you a thank you note, and you're like, yeah, I've done that before. It's about giving people mercy and grace, just kind of on the spot. You can let it go and not even remember it. If you truly can forgive and forget, then you should. That's your first course of action, is to overlook an offense. If, however, you cannot overlook it, you cannot forget it, it is significant to you, then you need to go on to the next steps. So step one is to acknowledge the offense and to grieve it. Step two is to overlook it if you can. And step three is to confront the person if you cannot overlook it. All right. Now this gets tricky, but basically Matthew 18 gives us a strategy for this. And it tells us that first we need to go and confess our own sins and to pray for love for the person. Confess your own sins and pray for love for them. Then you may go and confront them privately, one-on-one, with what happened. After that, if they don't listen to you, you can bring somebody else with you. And then it may become a church issue that needs to be handled with your pastor if it goes to a higher level. But if you cannot overlook it, tell the person how you feel. I felt blank when you blank, and I wish you would blank. It's kind of simple. I felt blank when you blank, and I wish you would blank. You got that? Bunch of blanks. Okay. So you can confront the person in love, and your purpose is that they would acknowledge their sins so you can forgive them. Your second purpose might be that they would try to change in the future, and you're telling them what would help you do that. It would help if you could acknowledge this. It would help if next time you would try to do this way. It would help if you just knew that that was true and and tried to do differently in the future. So you need to tell them what success would look like with you. I felt blank when you blank, and I wish blank. I wish you would acknowledge. I wish you would change. I wish you would love me differently. I wish you would succeed at loving me better by doing blank. This is confrontation for the purpose of reconciliation, for the purpose of leading that other person to know how to love you well and how you can love them better by not having this thing between the two of you. Step four, if they repent, then you can forgive them and restore relationship. And you're promising not to bring it up again. You're promising that you're not going to talk to other people about it. If they repent, our job is to forgive and restore because they're going to try again. And Jesus says seven times seven, if they repent, you forgive and restore. Step five, if they do not repent, ah, that gets hard. They do not repent, then forgive them for the parts of the relationship that are still good and restore whatever you can. But the rest, you need to forgive in your heart, meaning I will let God be judge. I will let go of my right of revenge. But you need to continue to set boundaries with the person for the things they continue to sin against you with. This is really not about what you do with the person. This is about what's in your heart. Forgiveness is when in your heart you wish well for them. You hope they will repent. You hope they will turn and change. And you let God be judge and God be the ven- the avenger for you. It's a state of internal being that you're at peace with this person, waiting for God to do something, hoping that God will do something, hoping they will change, but continuing to set appropriate boundaries with people who continue to offend you. You just continue to set those boundaries, hoping, wishing, waiting for things to be better, but not taking it upon yourself to be the one to make them right. All right. Step six is pray about your feelings. It is a miracle 
when you forgive in your heart. I believe it's very, very hard in our human nature to forgive people. We want to be judge, jury, and executioner. And it's only for those of us who are believers that this gets a little easier. It gets easier because we know that God's in control of the other person and of justice and that he'll make all things right in the end. It's easier because we've been forgiven so much, we can give it to other people. And then it's miraculous when God changes our heart and gives us love. God tells us to love our enemies. He tells us to pray for our enemies. Prayer will help you get there. Not because you're trying to get there, but because God answers that prayer. When you say, God, give my enemies success. Bring them to you in your throne room. Bless them. When you start praying that, God starts changing you. God helps you see that person differently. He helps you trust him to be God and not you. Prayer changes you. And over time, God will give you what you need, which is a heart of forgiveness. And I want to use emphasize the concept of overtime because this is not something you do in a day. It's something you go to God and you say, I choose to forgive. I choose to ask God to be the one who takes care of this. And I choose to ask God to change my heart. And I choose to pray for this person who's injured me. You just choose to do all those things. And you may have to make that same choice day after day after day, year after year, before God answers all those prayers. Maybe it'll happen right away. Maybe it won't. But this is you going to God and saying, I release my right to revenge on this person. I choose to pray for them. I choose to let God be in control and I let go and God, God, God changed my heart. That's the process of forgiveness. Now let's talk about one more piece. Um, when do you rescue people from the consequences of their sin? Does forgiveness mean that you don't have to give consequences anymore? And the answer to that is no, it does not. Forgiveness is a state of being where you release your right to revenge Forgiveness is wishing God's best for this person, that you're no longer holding bitterness, you're wishing for their best. So the question of consequences relates to what's best for the person. Sometimes what's best for the person is that they are unrepentant and that their consequences stay exactly where they are. If you committed a crime, just because you're sorry, it doesn't mean you don't still have to go to jail. If you stole money, you may still need to pay it back because if you're truly repentant, you would pay it back. So sometimes the right thing for them is that they still have consequences. The difference is that you're wishing for the consequences in their life so that they benefit, not so that you get even. The difference is your heart. Are you wanting revenge or are you wanting what's best for them? That's when consequences should be enacted if it's best for them. Sometimes what's best for them is mercy, just like we got. Grace, just like we got. And they get to experience the mercy and grace of God through you because you don't hold them to their consequences. You let them off the hook because you say, you know what, God, let me off. Let me show you what it feels like. And you let them experience that with you in time and space in your world. But I cannot tell you which is the right answer for your person. You need to get your heart right. You need to let go of your right to revenge. And then you need to ask God to tell you, do I let the person off the hook of consequences or not? Again, it's different every time and only God can guide you to that. So be aware of a few things as we wrap up. Be careful not to withhold forgiveness as a punishment. Sometimes our way of not 
of punishing and exacting revenge is to say, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not ever going to forgive you. Are you kidding? And I'm going to hold that against you in that way you know that you need to pay. Again, that is truly another way of revenge is to withhold forgiveness. A second caution is forgiveness is not a guarantee that the offense will not happen again. Seven times in a day, you got to repeat. So you can forgive someone and they may still do it again. Just because you forgave them once doesn't mean that they're not going to do it. Hopefully they will try not to if they are repentant. A third caution, a comment on forgiveness is that forgiveness is a gift. It cannot be earned. So don't tell somebody they owe you forgiveness. You owe people forgiveness. You owe it to God. They owe it to God too, but that's not yours. They're not indebted to you. Just because they're your mother doesn't mean you have to forgive them. Just because they're your daughter doesn't mean you have to forgive them. Just because you're a Christian doesn't, well, actually, if you're a Christian, you do have to forgive. But we don't get to exact that from our, our the people we offend. We don't get to say, you owe me forgiveness. They owe God that, but we don't deserve it. We deserve punishment. We deserve consequences for our sins. And when we're truly repentant, we know that we deserve our consequences. So you can't hold it over somebody that forgiveness is something they have to give you. It's, it's a gift. You can't earn it. One way you can really tell if you've forgiven someone is by how you feel about their success. I think this is a really good guide in this whole process. When they're blessed, when they succeed, are you happy for them? That's your telltale sign that in your heart you wish well for them no matter what's happened. That you've let go of your right to revenge. You've let God be God. You've let him be judge and jury and executioner so that you get to live free without bitterness. Free to just live. Free to wish well on people. And free to decide how to live setting boundaries with them. I hope this has been helpful to you today about forgiveness. There's more. If you need more, I have a handout and you could come to Counseling at Wellspring if you're stuck. There are lots of good resources out there on how to forgive. And my hope is that you will find those today for your life, for the person you're stuck with in bitterness, so you can have a happy season, a happy holidays and happy life. If you would like to hear any of the earlier shows for Wellspring on the Air, go to our website, wellspringmiami.org, wellspringmiami.org, and you can find prior shows as well as handouts to be downloaded. If you would like to communicate with us, please do so. We'd like to know you're out there and listening. That would be very encouraging to me and to our team. So if you would like to write to us, it's on the air at wellspringmiami.org on the air at wellspringmiami.org. If you'd like to come for counseling to Wellspring Counseling, a faith-based counseling center in four sites here in Miami, just call our main line, 786-573-7010. That's 786-573-7010. And we'll direct you to the counselor that's a good match for you by time, location, and topic that you'd like to discuss. Well, that's a wrap for our show today. We're glad you joined us because hearts and minds matter. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010. 
or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.